The Bible says to encourage one another and build one another up. That is why this podcast exists. Welcome to Real Life with Lynn, where you will find stories about applying scripture to life, whether it's over something big, small, or something in the gray area. I hope you will join me on the journey, find some encouragement in Jesus, and share it with someone you know. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Real Life with Lynn. And as always, I'm your host, Lynn. I hope you're having a great day so far and that you had a great weekend. I know that we are on the heels of our Easter Resurrection Day celebrations. I truly hope everyone got to spend time with their families. I know I certainly did, and I had a really great time. Today's episode is simply titled, The Power of Prayer. Now, while this may not seem tied into Easter resurrection, um, I promise it is because it kind of comes from that place a little bit. So one day last week, I was sitting in a small group that I'm a part of. We've been going through the book of Ephesians and we reached this part of chapter one where Paul was praying for the people he was writing his letter to. As we were discussing it as a group, one of the questions that kind of came up for me is in reading this prayer, how is that, how does that prayer change me tomorrow? (laughs) How does this prayer change the way I view my own prayer life? And when I looked in that mirror, um, I was terrified, but I was also very honest with myself. And I said, you know what, Lynn, Um, your prayer life kind of stinks right now. (laughs) I really needed that boost to remind me about the power of prayer. I needed that because within that prayer in Ephesians, Paul is actually talking about he hopes that people understand the power of Christ's resurrection and what that means for us. (laughs) And it's been a while since I've truly meditated on that truth, on what Christ's resurrection means for my prayer life and the power that comes with that. In Romans 8, chapter 11, Paul writes this. He says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. (laughs) And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Paul is actually writing to Christians in Rome at this time, and he is giving them kind of pointers on how the spirit 
helps them to live and deliver them from the current circumstances they are in. (laughs) He is not merely talking about um, eternity after we die. He is describing how the spirit of God empowers and helps us in our lives today. This same power and spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in believers today. Now, take some time later on to repeat that to yourself over and over again. The same Spirit of God, the same God that rose Christ from the grave lives in me. Now, what does that mean for my prayer life or for my daily life? Well, there are three words that came to mind in relation to the power of prayer and my own prayer life. And those three words are things that I personally need to grow in. I need to do better. Um, I need to practice more often as I'm living out this Christian life that God has, has called me to. Those three words are honesty, boldness, and specifics. <laughs> three ways in which my prayer life can be improved. Being more honest with God, being more bold in the ask, and even being more specific in what I'm laying at his feet. And I found some examples in scripture, different ways that these three words are really come out in different prayers that people pray and how people talk about prayer. So the first word that came to mind was honest. How honest am I in my conversations with God? Sometimes I don't believe that that's necessary. I have moments where because I know that God knows, then I don't feel like I need to actually verbally be honest with God. One of the examples that I found is um, my good buddy in the book of Psalms, his name is David. And David, throughout the entire book of Psalms, is incredibly honest. <laughs> More honest than I would be comfortable being to the God of the universe. But one of the examples that I found, um, I'm going to read just bits of this one chapter. It's Psalm 31. He starts off the psalm, very typical how we'd expect it. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame in your righteousness. Rescue me. He's calling out to God, who's his rock of strength. He calls him a fortress. He's begging him to lead him and guide him. And he talks about hating people that devote themselves to worthless things, but he trusts in God. He's faithful. And then we get to verse nine and it kind of starts to get really raw. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from grief, my soul and my body too. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength has failed. I am forgotten like a dead person out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. These these things that David is pulling out and he's describing himself, his eye wasting away from grief. He's experiencing this sadness, this sorrow. He's sighing. He's he's in distress. He's in this deep level of distress. In the modern day, we would might call that depression or mental anguish. However you put it, he's in trouble and he's calling out to God and he's being very honest. And that's the kind of honesty I I honestly hope to develop between me and God myself more often, that I am more honest when I come to him in prayer. The second word that came to mind was bold, <laughs> being bold in our prayers. Now, boldness, sometimes when we when we think of boldness, we we look at it and we equate it to somebody being potentially crass or somebody being straightforward or blunt. For me, I'm referring to boldness more along the lines of courageous, bravery. 
the kind of boldness that Paul actually demonstrates. There's another prayer he writes in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Now, (laughs) I've often heard it said, don't pray for patience because you just might have the opportunity to get it. (laughs) Paul here is bold enough to pray that God would help these people to have patience when they need it and endurance when they need it. And that takes some confidence and some courage to pray those things. He's specifically praying that their lives would produce every kind of good fruit, that they would grow to know God better and better. And he even is always praying for them. He starts off his prayer by telling them, we have not stopped praying for you. Paul is bold enough to keep asking, keep asking. Paul was definitely courageous in his prayer life. So we've gone honest. We talked about being bold. The very last thing is specifics. Jesus, when teaching us how to pray, teaches us to be specific, not to be vague, not to be general, not to be overly repetitious as we tend to be in ritual of prayer. But he teaches us to be specific. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus says this, And when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they will be seen by people. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. (laughs) I know for me, sometimes it's easy when I'm praying to pray the same exact things over and over. I mean, honestly, most of the time I start a prayer with Dear God, as if I'm writing him a little note. (laughs) Um, Or sometimes I say, God, thank you for this, this, this. I often follow a formula where I started off with God and then I thank him for the things that he is and who he is. And then I go into the request and then I close it out and say, amen. I even have a little outline in my head sometimes of prayer. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's a roadmap and a guide um, for prayer. But when he's using thoughtless repetition, this is more about, you know, look, we're not just going to sit here and repeat the Lord's prayer prayer that I'm about to share with you over and over again, as if all of these words are are what's going to be the life-changing aspect of prayer. The life-changing aspect of prayer is in the power. It's in the person. It's in the person we're praying to. He encourages us in the Lord's prayer to pray for specific things. Within the Lord's prayer, he actually says, give us this day our daily bread. That is, I mean, asking for your daily food. (laughs) asking God to fill your pantry, asking God to help you with your finances to be able to fill your pantry. He also prays, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors or our God forgive us as we have forgiven others. And he also asked God to not lead them into temptation, but to deliver them from evil. What do we take away from all this? What do I, what did I take away from all this? So in the midst of all these thought processes and 
thinking about being honest in my prayer time, being bold and being specific. One thing I took away from that is this huge reminder, the source of the power that I have to pray, to live, to wake up every day, to trust in Jesus. The source of that power is in the same God, the same spirit that brought Christ out of a grave. That alone is enough to make me stand in awe. (laughs) That alone is enough to amaze me and humble me and challenge me all in one big swoop. Another thing I took away from from thinking through these things is to think of prayer. This is one way I like to think about it. Prayer is an ongoing conversation between me and God. It's as if I've picked up my cell phone and I've called somebody and I've just left them on the line as I am going throughout my workday, as I'm driving in my car as I'm going to the grocery store, as I'm recording new episodes of a podcast. It's as if my phone line is just wide open and the person on the other end is just sitting there listening to it all. With God, that line is always open. We don't even have to hit the send button and call. All we gotta do is talk to him and he's there. You know, sometimes with prayer, we think of it as we have to be inside a church building or we think of it as we need to, we have to have an inner room or we have to shut ourselves in a closet, or we have to get on our knees, or we have to raise our hands, or we have to read a certain verse, we have to pray certain verses, we have to pray in a certain way. You know what? Prayer is a conversation between you and God. God is not concerned about your vocabulary and prayer. God is concerned about your heart intentions in prayer. Are you coming to him with all of yourself in honesty? Are you boldly making asks of him? Are you seeking him because you you love him and you want to know him better? Are you specifically asking him for things for yourself and for other people? You know, God honors that. God honors you just simply showing up. God, Jesus even encourages us to ask and it will be given to seek and find and to knock and the door will be open to us. I just want to finish off by just reading this prayer, but not just reading it, but actually reading it and praying it for all of us. These last two verses of this prayer from the book of Ephesians that Paul writes, because it's just the whole point of this episode. It's the whole point of why I'm sharing these thoughts with you in this moment about the power of prayer. So God, I also pray, just as Paul wrote to the Ephesians, just as he prayed for other believers, I also pray that you will help us, help me, help whoever is listening to my voice right now, understand the incredible greatness of your power for the people who believe in you, for Christians. Help us to understand that this same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. God, help us as we go through our day, as we go through the rest of our week, as we are continuing to remember how fun it was to spend time with family at Easter and how great it was to see people we haven't seen in a while. Help us to remember just how much greater your power at work within us is. Help us to live each day remembering that the same Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you were able to find a nugget of encouragement or wisdom for your life today. I would love to hear what God is teaching you. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or the website. Don't forget, share what you learned today 
with someone you know. And also be encouraged. You're not alone on this crazy, curvy, and sometimes bumpy road I like to call real life.